guys, welcome back to Jan Cackles. Today I have Mr. Drew Grit with me. He is an awesome writer, director, and filmmaker, and he has an awesome book out called The Incredible Existence of You. Hey, Drew. Hi, Jen. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me a part of this. Yay. I'm Let's so tackle. Yeah, let's tackle this. Um, so Drew is just a big kid who fell in love with words and film, and now you're hustling and killing it. Right? <laughs> That's a great introduction right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking oh. about purposes in our names. Yeah, that's the opener. <laughs> so I found Drew's page called The Incredible Existence on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so what I loved about your page and made me hit the follow button was I felt like your motif of your page was all about living with integrity, having courage, do all things with the goodness of your heart. And most of all, with love, that's a big theme. You believe all things are possible with love. Is that right? It's amazing. You said it that way, because that's exactly where I was telling a friend of mine today. And I was telling, I was telling her in Italian that, um, Tutto è possibile con l'amore. Everything is possible with love. You know? Oh, so, <laughs> But it's something that everyone knows I say like, mm -hmm. to my uh, Italian family and friends. I always say that. And um, there's no question. You can't do anything in this world worthwhile without love. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can accomplish numbers. You can, you can make some achievements. But the real success where happiness lies, you know, is with love. And... And that's, I mean, really, that's the way to get something done is to do it with love. Yeah, absolutely. I read that you believe that words, cinema, and love have the power to change the world. Yeah. I mean, how did it even change yours to start with? That's a great question. That's the hardest question, too, because it's probably the longest one. But let's go. Um you know, words, words matter. No matter what anyone tells you, words, you know, sticks and stones that break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm -hmm. That's the attitude. But words do hurt. Yes. And words matter to us. They matter when they're not said. They matter when they are said. And they especially matter how they're said. And they have the power to build someone up or break them down. Yes. You know, I've had to deal with that a lot in my, my life because... Um, you know, my mother was the most loving with her words, the most uplifting, reminded me that I was special, pushed me to be the best me, was specific, not just saying you're a good kid, you're a good person, you're a good artist. She would go into specifics about it. She's like, you are so creative with these stories. You really love this, don't you? I can't wait to see what you write next. I want to see your next film, you know, and on the contrast, I have my, my pops who in the difficult years, because he wasn't always like this. Uh, my father would break me down with words. And a lot of people deal with that, whether from a lover or a friend or their family, um, the words they receive or don't receive, they really matter. Yeah. And my father would even say, you know, in his tone, he'd be like, don't listen to what I'm saying in the way I'm saying. Listen to the words I'm saying. And I'm like, bro, all I hear is that you're angry and you're upset at me. That's what I hear. <laughs> Yeah. The tone is off. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, words matter. And, yeah. and words are difficult for us too. Sometimes it's difficult for us actually, you know, like your, your friend expressing how she lost her mom. She really, she really gave you her words. Yeah. And she was even talking about her discussions with her mother throughout the whole process of her mother being ill. That's a really hard thing to do, being vulnerable, yeah, saying how I feel, you know? Especially with you and your podcast, you know, like the words you've been exchanging with your friends, you've been really supportive and, and asking questions and also having fun. So words mean so much more than we realize, even though we try to tell ourselves they don't. And, but the attitude is right. You know, they, they don't, they don't break us, but they can build us up and break us down a little bit, you know? Yeah. So words are important to me because um, in a weird way, as we've talked about prior to getting on the, on the line here, I'm dyslexic and I have ADHD. So reading is actually really difficult for me mm -hmm. and I, I'm a good reader, but when I read out loud, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. 
Same here, you know? and I'm not even dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it always been like this for me? And people are like, no, no, that's kind of normal. Maybe I'm not dyslexic, but I was told that I was. So, you know, uh, words have a, have a special relation with me just because I've always I've always been a reader as a kid. I've always been creative. I've always wrote stories. And then, you know, with cinema, cinema is where the one thing that my father and I did connect on. He was very bravado, very masculine, very, he very much a bro in every way. Um, you know, he was arrogant. He was tough. He was strong with his words. He was imposing. Uh, he was always tan. He had dark hair. He was just a, he was a tough dude and he was an immigrant. And, um, but with cinema, we connected, we related to movies and my father would always say, you really like the socially redeeming movies. You like the movies that have real substance and sustenance. <laughs> He's telling me these things as a little kid. So I'm like, okay, so I guess I like these dramas and I, I like these deeper stories. And it's true because it's who I was as a kid. I was always very emotional and, you know, cared deeply about people, places, and things. So cinema changed my life because I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to watch stories, tell them, be a part of them, you know, and decide at nine years old that that's what I was going to do. I was going to write stories and, and make movies. There you go. And now you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, a long time coming though. What'd you say? <laughs> Been a long time coming. Not, not easily. Not easily. I mean, but you're doing it. Hmm. So the things that inspired you to write the incredible existence of you yeah. are your family. Mm. your own experiences, your own pain, your own battle with depression and beating depression, mm -hmm. suicide, mm -hmm. helping others through their challenges as well, mm -hmm. and working through your own anxiety and understanding of understanding who you are and what your purpose is. Mm. What kind of work did you have to do to get to a place of understanding who you are? Mm. That's a wonderful question and a powerful one. I, I think, think we're all trying to figure out who we are. Yeah, we, we absolutely are. And that's really important to me because, because I know certain things so well about myself. I want to help other people understand and know who they are. Right. And for me, you know, words and cinema are just a vessel for me to use my purpose. My purpose is to help others understand love so they can truly understand themselves and write their own story. And not just the words that they're gonna write about in their book, but their story of their lives, mm -hmm. right? And so understanding yourself is a lifelong process because we change, you know? Yeah. But in a special way, who you are deep down in our core, Jan, is always the same. You know, like, like there's parts of me as a little boy that have never changed. Yeah. There's parts of you, the like the most beautiful parts of you that people are like, that's Jan in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. That's been with you since moment one, yeah. you know? And so it's, it, this is important to me because I want kids, I want family members, I want strangers to, to know this is who I am and what I do. Because when we know parts of who we are, we can start to use that to serve others. So did you find your, like, did you get to a place where you're like, you know what? I kill it at writing. I kill it at storytelling. <laughs> this is what I'm, this is who I am. <laughs> I would say I, I realized that I was passionate about it. And I think, you know, one of the ways to find your purpose and who you are is to find out what you're passionate about. Right. You know, we chatted briefly that like. Yeah. To, what is purpose? Right. Yeah it's really hard for people to know what their purpose is. And they're always scared that they got it wrong or that yep. they might be wrong. Or I chose dentistry. Oh my God, I hate it now. Or it's not truly what gets me excited. Purpose can be found in three places and, and it, it's a lifelong process, but purpose can be found three ways. One, it can be found in what you're good at. You know, it can be found in, if you are, on that level of Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson or Beyonce or, you know, someone who's just, just so crazy about what they do. They love it. They eat, sleep, drink, and think it. Well, that's part of you because your passion's telling you to do it, you know? And I'm not, I know I'm a good writer and I'm proud of my writing, the small things I've done in my career, but I'm just getting started with what I can do. And I know that because it's in my purpose. It's in my passion, right? So we can find our, our purpose through passions. 
a lot of times people go, okay, well, I don't know what my passion is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like this, but I also like that. Yeah. I like being, a, or I have like, no hobbies. I don't know. I don't like you know? nothing. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary because we put so much pressure on who are you and what do you do and what's your purpose in life? Well, one way we can also find it is find out what we like and dislike. Right. And to get on the path towards your best you, you have to be open. You have to be open to find out like, oh, I'm really good at that, but I'm horrible at that. You know, that was my schooling. I was terrible at every subject except for creative English and filmmaking. And even though I was passionate about history and English and even liked math at some point, even though it was so difficult for me. So we had to find out what we like and dislike. And the only way we can do that is if we're open. You know, it's just actually, troubleshooting. You have to. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing going to college or trying jobs. Um, people are just Americans, particularly, are so afraid of failure. They're afraid of, like, look, I said I was going to sign up for this class or this degree or this job, and I'm not doing too good. It's not right for me. It's not my purpose, it's not my passion. And it crumbles, yeah. you know? That's how I feel now. And especially yeah. in, the in our 30s, mm. it is a pressure. And I like being, you know, having a therapist you know, a mental health background. Like I know, the mm. tools, I know the positive ways of thinking, but still it's always a work in progress, even personally. 100%. So, yeah, I think. And you're an MFT, right? Is that right? MFT. Yeah. yeah. Good on you. That's such an important job. Thank you. But um, yeah, I know I have all the tools, but when, you know, it's like giving yourself dating advice. It's different when it's yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you're right. Having purpose and finding it and then changing mid whatever age you're at is always scary. And I think that's something that I'm going, going through right now where I just have to have the courage to troubleshoot and that's okay. hundred percent, Jan. Look, I'm telling you, you get out there and just try things out and meet new people and find out what other people are passionate about. It starts to tick, you know, because I I'm in love with passionate people, whether you're a cook or you're a mathematician, I can just soak up what people are stoked about because it oozes from them, you know? Yeah. And so the more you're around these type of people, you, it starts to percolate what you might be interested in. Yeah. And maybe that's probably why you started the podcast. You, you were curious and it started, yeah. I don't know, bringing out more passions for you. Yeah. I mean, I like people and I like learning about people. So yes, that's one of the reasons why I like the podcast. Okay. So your book, The Incredible Existence of You is a three-part series. Mm -hmm. Book one is The Incredible Existence of You, which there's a film coming out. I'm personally excited about it because I'm a visual girl. So <laughs> I cannot wait for that. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> I'll be patient. Okay. I'll be patiently Good. waiting for it. You're in on the journey. Okay. Um, book two is The Incredible Existence of Us. And book three is The Incredible Existence. Yeah. So... In your words, what's the storyline between the three books? Hmm. The three books really tackle through multiple characters the things we're talking about. Who am I? What is my purpose? And often the theme is about, can I get a second chance at something? Yeah. At someone or at myself? Did I do something wrong and I'm never going to be anything else you know and so the through line of the whole series even though there are three there are three storylines incredible existence of you book one is one complete storyline with a set of characters two is um almost a prequel where you go on a journey with this old man and his story across the world with the love of his life who he meets abroad and you spend 70 years with him and her um, and then book three is an anthology of different characters uh, and their perspectives in their world. Yeah. Discovering who they are, dealing with loss, dealing with purpose, and especially dealing with love. Because, you know, the more we tap into understanding love, the more we're closer to who we are, because I believe we are love. And when we get closer to who we are, we get closer to our passions, our purpose, and the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. You know, love unlocks that. But every day we're not sitting there thinking like, how can I be more loving? How can I be more loving to myself and to mom and to, you know, the neighbor or the person that pissed me off? How can I be more loving? We don't think that way, yeah. you know, but when we act that way, the best things come out. 
Right. It's true. Well, and I, I agree. It's, we don't really think about, I mean, the idea we would love to be loving, but it's not yeah. easy. It's the hardest thing to do because we have to let our guard down. Yeah. We have to have compassion for ourselves and compassion for other people mm. that are hard to feel compassionate for. <laughs> yeah. My dad was, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I love it's I mean, a le- it's a lifelong lesson. It's a journey. It's a lifelong lesson to to love and be loving, you know. It is. Yeah. Book 1, The Incredible Existence of You. So there's two main characters. Yeah. The the male who is you call the fighter. Mm-hmm. And then the fe- the woman who is named Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. So they're in their 30s mm-hmm. and they meet one day. And then they awaken each other's hearts, pain, and purpose into existence. <laughs> right? I know these words. Yeah. Hmm, I got it off the website. Um, can so I know? I mean, I have an idea of what it is, but those out there listening, yeah. can you expand on their stories because individually? Because it's so. Once you read where they come from, you're hooked. Wow! Cool. I tried to find something that I wrote and share with other, you know, marketing stuff. And I'm like, where is everything? I don't know. But so I'll just speak off, uh, speak from the heart as I do. The fighter is our main character is the hero of the story. But to be honest, you're going to find that every character, including Mackenzie, especially is the, is a hero in the story. Fighters in his thirties. He is uh, grieving the loss of the love of his life. And we discover him in an underground fighting ring. And not only that, but he is here in the United States on an expired visa. So he's lost everything. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just fighting. Right. And in this period of the story, he's wrestling with taking his own life because the one person who loved him for who he was, the one person that stuck it out with him, the one person that showed him that he was worthwhile, that he was amazing is the one person that God or whatever you believe decided to take away. And I know people deal with that heavy grieving or type of loss in many ways. And I wanted to express a story that went along those paths because it connects to a lot of different ideas and feelings towards loss. So the fighter, this he, he finds an old dream list that he wrote with his fiance. And in the list has all these beautiful things that they start to check off. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Yosemite, sleep under the stars, explore Central Park, see Chinatown. Um, And then and these are all checked off. Travel the states in our motorhome. And the last three are see the Grand Canyon, make a family, live the most beautiful life. And he's reading this and he goes, I'm not going to be able to do any of this, but I can do one last thing. And for her, I'll go see the Grand Canyon. So the journey starts with him in a special way, deciding to go to the Grand Canyon and not do something destructive to himself. And, uh, I, you know, for anyone that's, of course, trigger warning, look, uh, dealt with depression, deal with suicide in many ways. Um, there's absolutely ways to fight it and beat it and there's resources. And so you're not alone if you've ever felt that way. We've all felt that way. And so that's why I want to write a story that can help others that may feel those ways, right? So the fighter goes on this journey and lo and behold, all these miraculous things start to happen. You know, he's out of his comfort zone. He, he leaves the desert, this abyss that he's been living in, fighting in this underground ring, goes on this journey to um, see the Grand Canyon, the one thing that he thinks would be honoring his fiance. And all these amazing things start to happen. These people cross his path. He rescues a dog from coyotes, which he has to fight off. And he meets this wonderful old man named Goldie, a, a, a veterinarian who's been in the town for 20 odd years and um, also is you know, on his own, has lost someone in his life. And then he meets Mackenzie, who is a single mom in her 30s, trying to raise two teenagers, two teenage boys on her own, while still putting herself through community college after six years of doing it, hustling at the bar, dealing with her ex-husband who wants nothing to do with her or the kids except for his glory as a a rodeo star, 
Uh, Prescott's famous for it. It's got the oldest rodeo in the world. So it's famous, the old cowboy town. It's a beautiful place. And so Mackenzie is like, well, who am I supposed to be? You know, I, I, I'm going to school, but for what? I got these two boys. I got to take care of them. My grandmother is the only person that understands me. She's paying for her mom's bills and rehab, you know? So these characters are going to meet each other under miraculous circumstances, and they're going to start to unlock these pieces of who they really are because they're going to challenge each other. They're going to surprise each other. They're going to push each other. And when they open up, beautiful things are going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully. I try to make it feel the way that I know love has felt for me and my stories throughout my life. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to read the book, I don't know what does. I'm all... I was all freestyle. So even though I wrote it, I'm like, okay, what... Where do we go with this? <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was perfect. I love a good love story mm-hmm. and hope, a story of hope. Yeah, I'm all about it. Good, you know, it's for me. Um, like I'm I'm a sappy kid too. Like I love the Notebook and I love like even on the darker side, Blue Valentine with um, Ryan Gosling. So I, I love stories. I love love stories and I love love. But I try to make a story that felt real in both the 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 quality and quantity of pain, but also what love is like, especially when you fall back in love in your thirties, because it's a little bit different. You know, you've already been through some stuff. You've seen some things. You've been through some shitheads, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right? So we're a bit different when we fall in love in our thirties. And I tried to express that with these two characters and also what they're terrified about with falling in love in the thirties. You know, please, I'll wait again. I'll wait patiently for the film, (laughs) but it has to happen. Please, yeah, please, please, please make it happen. Okay, so before we go, I just want to. I mean, the whole your whole thing is the incredible existence. I mean, what makes what do you think makes us? I mean, we all know what makes us incredible. Ideally, we know it's it's. Uh, what's the probability of us being born yeah very small yeah it's easy to forget because we're hustling and bustling and then we just get caught up in life and then we lose the magic but I feel like you don't I don't I mean based on what I learned from you it's on your Instagram and talking to you it's just you don't lose the magic it's always there it's always there it's it's no different from love it's about waking it up you know and it's funny the way you expressed it, Jan, was really beautiful. And I appreciate that you you took the time to read some of my work and explore um, because my work is me. It's no different. It's just, I realized this, I got to be, that's my passion. I got to be me, the best version of me. So my work and me are the same. Um, and I wrote this, I'm going to share it on my birthday if I can share it with you because it, it'll, it'll, probably, it'll probably sound better than me just freestyling. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So it, the incredible existence of you, right? We, we always forget that we're here for a reason. You know, we are who we are for a reason. It's not like, well, we're a mistake. Like Jan just showed up one day, like, okay, we're going to deal with Jan. No, you're here for a reason, Jan. You're special and you, who you are because you're you. We would like to see the thing is like, we would like to believe that. And I believe it. But yeah. I know putting myself in other people's shoes and times of hardship for myself as well, yeah. when it's not feeling, when it's great, it's great. Then we're like, yeah, I have a purpose. But when we're down yeah. and out and when we're dealing with mental uh, health situations like depression yeah. or what anxiety, whatever it is, it's hard to remember. It is. And it's it's always the hardest to remember when the, the pressure is on. It's the first thing we forget because we only think about what we feel. And so life is also a lifelong process of like, what are my resources and tools? Um, because I, you know, I work, I, I've done some collaborations in the mental health community too. Our resources and tools that make us feel better and get us back to our, who we are, are different for every person. You know, like when the pandemic hit, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to tackle this. So every day I started walking. I never walked in my boulevard in my life. I'm like walking outside. I'm not 50. You're like, you know? oh, the sun. You know what I mean? Like I see all the old neighbors. I'm like, oh, good morning, young man. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it too. But so I started walking every morning. I started, the first thing I did is I started journaling. I started journaling and writing down what I want to accomplish in the day 
we can't see it but um but then like things like five things i'm doing really good at right now five things i that are bothering me that i need to improve and then i write i am blank every day i fill that out and then i write i am grateful for blank every day i'm filling that out so i have all these tools and resources that are just for me drew to to work on myself and is there one thing that I do that I'm like, bam, I do this and I'm back to 100% true. I can be on this podcast. I can help anyone with whatever they're doing with. I can show up. No, there isn't one thing. It's it's a process, you know. So unlocking unlocking those tools that we that help us are really important. Your me time, your personal time, you know, whatever it is. And and people think they're literally like, okay, I take a pill or I do one therapy session or I do one bike ride and I'm on my track. No, you have to have multiple tools to, to get you there, you know, sometimes. So, um, I got all excited. I was going to read you something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I reread this. I posted this a couple years ago, but I thought I would just read it to you because yeah, you kind of went there. So, and look, I'm also talking to people that are even dealing with depression, anxiety. Now I deal with it every day. So whatever you hear through my voice, whatever I'm expressing to you, this is me trying to be my best me for you, Jan, and for whoever's listening, because it takes effort. And, and love is a choice. You have to make effort to be your best you. It, you don't arrive. You have to get on that path. You know what yeah. I mean? So I wrote this. I'm going to share it um, probably around my birthday, but just try to hopefully take the spirit of it. So I wrote, do you know what the secret is to having it all? It's the knowing that you already do. Here I am smiling upon the mountain of my dreams, sharing the moon while sitting on Indian ruins that I cannot say the age or history of. But what I can say is this, there is no one in the entire world like you. The chances of your existence are actually a billion to one. It's a miracle. You're a miracle. And this year, I want you to be your best you. 2021 is not about your past. 2021 is about the rest of your future. I want you to be the writer of your own story. I want you to be the creator of your own dreams. I want you to fight with your heart for everything you want and everything you believe in. You're not here to settle. You're here to soar. And the only way I know how to fly is by being the very best version of me, by being the very best version of you. It takes patience. It takes peace, it takes work, and it takes a whole lot of love and kindness. But most of all, it just takes you. So, wow. you know, sometimes I'm like, I read something around, I'm like, damn kid, you got some sense. <laughs> <laughs> On my dark days, I'm like, shit, I wrote that, okay. Because we all need those reminders. Yeah. You know, we forget. And in your podcast is a constant reminder of you doing you, Jen, and helping others do them, right? So I think that like that other idea of purpose also lies in service. When we realize that we can help someone else, yeah. serve someone else, man, that, that above all is the real, when we can be who we are and serve others with who we are and our gifts, that's, that's real purpose. We just, we forget that too, you know? So, well, I'm so, I mean, I, I'm in such an awe of everyone, including you of, you know, people, when it, whenever they're, they're down, they still make an effort to help other people. That's not easy to do because when, Man, when I'm my status, like shit, like you yeah. don't, like you, you crank out good, you know, does these lovely words. And then you're oh, always you. up for like helping others. It's just not yeah. easy. So no, we have to. And I'll tell you one secret of my own life is that ironically on the days I've been saddest or, or dealt with my own bullshit or what the world has given me that day. Um, I found that the days that are hardest for me, what makes me feel better, what makes me feel best, believe it or not, is going out of my way to be helpful, to serve or be kind to someone else. Because I know pain, I've been through plenty of things. I, I know loss, like the back of my hand. And when I find that I can help someone, even for a second, like being goofy and make them laugh, 
or if I can help someone talk about dad or mom or a lover that they lost, you know what I mean? Like when I find that I'm the saddest and I help someone else, I'm like, man, we're good for today. We, we did something right. You know, like my bullshit's to the side. I helped so-and-so for once. I took care of someone else. And that's powerful. You know what my question is? And I, I'm always curious to know is about people I admire and you're in one, like, you know, your courage and your strength is one of them, but people always like strong people always help other people. But I'm my always curiosity is like, well, there has to be someone helping you. So who's in your corner that you feel is so important to you? Because I think it's so important to have good people in your corner. And unfortunately, not a lot of people have that. You're 100% right. And sometimes you, you have to pick up the strength to be your own cheerleader. But the fortunate some of us have good people. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're so important to highlight. Yeah. That's actually the, one of the harshest realities of life is that not everyone gets no. the great love that they deserve and the support they deserve and a strong father figure and mother figure. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm very lucky even through, I mentioned the hard stuff my, my father put me through. He also ended up becoming the most loving person by the end of his life, you know, and in a way that I never imagined a person could be when they were so hateful when they were younger. So I guess the, this, the resolution of that is people can change and they do, and they can change for the better. Um, not everyone has someone in their corner. Not everyone has someone rooting for them or believes in them. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery to do what you want to do, to do what you believe in, and even just to be vulnerable, whether it's your podcast or be like, sorry, mom and dad, I'm not going to that school. I'm going to go study baking because baking's <laughs> great. You know what I mean? Like freaking out our parents that the, the routes we've chosen. I'm lucky. I told my family, I'm going to be a storytelling writer. And my father, who, you know, would also would say some harsh things sometimes, looked me in the eyes like, that's terrific. I'm really proud of you. I think that's wonderful, you know? And my mother's the same way. So look, he also said, you got to surround yourself with people that challenge you. And, and I think that um, what he meant at the time was like people that are smarter than you. He actually said people that are smarter than you that, that do great things. And the thing is, when you're around good people, they uplift you, you know, and whether that's your love or your person, they, they got to be a person that helps you be your best self. And those in our lives that don't do that, you kick them to the curb because there's no time for that. You know what I mean? You have to have people around you that respect you, that believe in you, that help you be your best version. Or if you're strong enough to see past their bullshit, that you can be there for them without letting them contaminate you. And a lot of us have to do that. (laughs) That's real hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, the more we unlock our passions and what we're, we're proud of ourselves for doing, we start to get stronger. We start to realize that's fine. You don't like what I do, but I'm doing me. You know, so it's hard and you don't need to. I've chosen to help as many people as I can, but not everyone has to do that. If you can be the best version of you, you actually are helping everyone. Yeah. 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 And there you go. Jeru, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Jenna, can we do another one where we just, I just listen to you? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of boring. (laughs) Not at all. Maybe could I ask before we end, could I ask you two questions? Okay, I'm nervous. I cool. asked the question. <laughs> if you okay. want, to, or we can say it for another time. Okay, let's do it. Go. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Well, I said this before, and I, maybe I said this earlier in the podcast, but look, I think, I think what you're doing is terrific. I think the people that you've connected with are awesome. Uh, your enthusiasm is clear. It's palpable, and the the fact that you created a platform for your friend that dealt expressed her loss or her parent and was very vulnerable and honest was incredibly brave on both of you guys because that's heavy for everyone you mm-hmm. know and she was she she shared everything mm-hmm. in a beautiful and powerful way so yeah so we'll set you up that way <laughs> um i'll do an easy one first okay <laughs> what's something that you've seen or heard or experienced recently that was truly beautiful. It could be as simple as a song or something that you saw a person do or something you felt that you're like, damn, Jan, that was really good on me. You know? On me that I did? Yeah. 
something that you saw, heard, or felt that was really beautiful? Oh, not, it doesn't have to be something in particular that I did. No, but if you like to, that's always good too. Well, I mean, the first thing that pops into my mind, and I don't know if this is too like surface level, but I did read, you know, the Instagram um, feed Upworthy. Yeah, yeah. So I follow them. And um, the first thing that popped into my mind was like this morning, I had seen their post about, you know, a woman just reminiscing on the time where her husband, I think I, he got into some sort of accident where it took him to the hospital. He was in really bad condition. Mm -hmm. And so she was there all night with him. The doctors Mm -hmm. encouraged her to go across the street to this Italian restaurant to get some food, get some air. So she went over there and she must have looked really sad. And that restaurant was probably used to loved ones coming over from the hospital, you know, grabbing food because they have whoever's in there. So the manager had came out and asked her what was wrong. And she told him, you know, my husband's in the hospital. He this is his condition. She was really, you know, obviously sad about it. So he, the restaurant owner said, you know what, I'm going to go, how long is he going to be in the hospital? I'm going to go there every night and I'm going to send him dinner. It was an Italian restaurant. I don't know if I said that. She said, no, 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 no. He, um, thank you, but he is gluten-free. He can't eat this. And he says, well, no, we have gluten-free pasta. So every night, so she didn't think anything of it, but sure enough, that night he came over with, uh, you know, pasta and an amazing dinner for her husband gluten-free every night consistently until they left and so she said I will never forget that and I hope that that restaurant is going well and now I'm thinking now I gotta do a road trip up to this Italian restaurant first thing I thought like where is it where is this place is it in Cali where is it Riviera in Salidos I think my Salidos Salidos. What you know what? Salinas. Salinas. Let me look it up right now. In in NorCal. In NorCal, yeah. Salinas, yeah, by Monterey. Okay, so it was. Arrows. Man. That. Yeah, Riviera's restaurant in Salidos. Salidos. Okay, man, I got the wrong city. Okay. Yeah. Man, honestly, that that is truly beautiful because. Yes. Well, when I read that, when you asked me that, I that popped up into my mind right away because I love things like that because it gives me hope. I, I love the feeling of hope that people are still good. There's still good out there because there's so much bad happening, yeah. you know? So when things yeah. happen like that, it's just. I love it. I think that that is honestly truly beautiful. And look, it's not like I was nice to you or I was kind for a day. That, that literally is the shape of love. The dude showing up with home-cooked food every day to a person who... who He's never like, met before. Incredible. Just incredible. I mean, that's... Uh, now I'm like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's inspiring. I think that's truly beautiful. Yeah. What a great story to share. Yeah, and it's so, it's so easy, you know, when our days rolls up and so many bad things happen it's easy to be a grump at the end of the day and so even if we know we should be you know a good human it's just hard you know with living in LA you know LA traffic we got we got the LA bullshit and I love LA but we got we we deal with so much out here or just like you know obviously 2021 2020 we all been there have you heard of it yeah (laughs) some shit went down yeah (laughs) you know it was something small but whatever um but yeah reading things like that makes me feel it just makes me feel happy and it reminds me you know good people are still exist and don't stop being a good person 100 and all it takes is us to unlock ourselves because i think that that type of behavior that loving behavior that service that's within all of us the hard part is peeling past all the things that have hurt us, that have beat us down or blocked us from being that most loving version of ourselves. Because we all have it. You know what I mean? Like you have your energy, you the way you talk to people, Jan, the way the way you bring them out, like you exude that, you know, and not everyone can do that. But some people can cook a good Italian meal and show up for someone, you know? Well, what's stuck up for me also, like, which I loved is that especially... 
I think nowadays we're all like, we're fast, right? So we're always trying to get to the next destination. So we don't really have time to mentally pause for someone else because sorry, we got something to do. We got somewhere to go. Yeah. You know, in addition, we have like safety concerns. Like, is like, if I help this person, are they going to, are they going to sue me? Are they going to screw me over? Like whatever it is. Living in that fear. So pausing and like reaching out to someone and helping, sometimes it's an easy thought to zoom past because sometimes we're just, we're fast, you know, we're in a, our mind is moving. We got things to do. Yeah. And the irony is like, to really go fast in life, you have to go slow. You have to be thoughtful and you have to be patient with, with the process, you know, like your process of the things you've been feeling lately with, do I want to change it up? Do I want to try something out? It's a process and like nothing great comes from, from the rush. Right. But we get so Twitter pated with all the pressure and all the news and all the traffic and friends and family and, and, and lovers and who, what's our purpose. But like, the times we slow down and get grateful and just be kind to ourselves and to others, that's when things start to really come to you faster, you know, I think, at least in my little experience on this earth, in the good days, that's been the case for me. Yeah. I got one last question for you. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) How was that answer? Was that answer good enough? (laughs) I I was honestly amazing. I was honestly amazing. Okay, you could have been like, I heard a really good song and I liked it. It was beautiful, you know, <laughs> but you hit all, you hit all the things, right? So here's the, here's the, my question for you, Jen. What's the most beautiful thing you are going to do this year? Oh my God. I think. What is well, the most beautiful thing you as Jen are going to do this year? Well, I don't know if this is the right answer, but I think one of the big things for me this year was um, I quit my job that I hated and I was in a business. um, I I do mental health. I'm a mental health therapist. That's my background. And I learned a lot. I love it. Um, I carry the experience with me and it's a part of who I am now. But my journey to become a therapist you know, anyone out there who is an MFT, you know, the journey is not cute. Getting the 3000 hours working in these particular agencies, it's a, it's a hot mess. It's mm-hmm. crazy. The burnout is insane. But I stayed because I thought I went to school for this. I got it. Now I'm an, in, I'm, I got my first job. I got to get my hours. Once I got my hours, I said, shoot, well, I got my hours. Now I got to get licensed. And once I got licensed, I said, well, shit, I'm too, I'm this far. And now I have bills to pay. So I stayed and I convinced myself that it was tolerable because it was a steady paycheck. And that was all I knew. And I thought, how can I jump careers when this is my whole resume? Like, what do I do? And I'm, I'm 33, but my recent job, I, I came I got this new job up North and, um, they said the salary was higher than I've ever gotten paid ever. And, um, it's probably not a lot to other people, but to me, it was a lot. Um, they, when I interviewed, they said no to all the things that I had asked, you know, my, my requirements, like, is it this, 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 and they said, no, 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 it's not. Well, guess what? It was exactly what Mm -hmm. I asked them. And they said no to, it was all of it. The, it just felt like PTSD, the same situ- old situation that yeah. I did not want to be in. Yeah. And I told myself, listen, like I had more responsibility this time because I'm older. So I have more bills under me. But I said, you know what? If I don't leave now, I'm never going to leave. And I'm a mental health therapist. What am I doing living this life mm. where I'm not happy, but I incur- I help people with their mental health. Mm. And I encourage, you know, doing things that make you happy because it's not worth it if, if you're not right. 100%. But why am I putting myself in a situation where my job is not giving me any joy anymore? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and my, oh my God, leaving a steady paycheck, my heart Terrifying. is my ass, you know, yeah. but sometimes you hit a threshold where you say, you know what, enough is enough. And you got to 
bank on yourself and you got to believe that there's something better. So to your question, that's the first thing that comes on is what was it like the most, um, What's the most beautiful thing you are going to do this year? The most beautiful thing. So for me, everything you said right now is beautiful and you've done some really (laughs) brave and courageous thing. So for, yeah. So for me, it was a big deal. I know for some people out there, there, they were like, shoot, like you should have bounced a long time ago. No, but for me, I was just terrified and I still am. But so the most beautiful thing that I would like to do my, for myself, and I'm still in the process of having the courage to do it fully, is to pursue things and try things and troubleshoot things that make me happy and bring me joy. And I think one of the things that Brene Brown, you're a fan of her too. I love her. Yeah. And I think one of the things that she said that stuck with me is that, you know, people, we say like, you know, what's our passion and we get caught up on what's our passion and we think it's a job where yeah. it's more so like our passion is the things that you had said, like what makes us happy? What brings us yeah. joy? What sparks our joy? Yeah. So the beautiful thing that I would like to do for myself this year is have the courage to do things that sparks my joy without judging myself and making myself feel like I should be here because I'm this age and I should be doing this much because you know whatever I mean Drew I say it but it's been it's I'm still working on it it's so hard for me the process is so scary uncertainty and the unknown is so hard for me. Other people yeah. are like, you know, uncertainty. They're like, well, you have the reins to do whatever you want. Yeah. But also I would like to know what's at the other end. Look, everything you said, Jane, is incredibly beautiful and incredibly powerful. And that is, those things are terrifying, especially after the, the thing this whole country has been through in the past year. You know what I mean? Like the pandemic has affected everyone's work life. And, um, but Unfortunately, very few have guts and you do. And and you've already shown that. I mean, listen to everything you just said. I feel like my guts are big enough. (laughs) To be honest, they don't have to be big at all because the heart's pretty small, but it's so powerful. And everything you said is pretty powerful. And look, I I've been in that I've been that place too, where like I've done jobs writing, directing, and, and everything in between, even in the hustle years, the struggle years. I've done stuff for a lot of money. I've done I've done work that I wasn't passionate about. My heart wasn't in it for little money. I, for me, I chose that I'm only going to do things I'm passionate about, period. And you know what? Ironically, that is how life has turned out for me. But there's been plenty of years of struggle, plenty of years of poverty and pain. <laughs> um, but yeah, we honest, always have to think of our, uh, ourselves because we're in our 30s. Yeah. Financial stability. Yeah. And that's so ingrained in us. They're like, you're in your thirties, you gotta be working towards that, getting that mortgage and you're gonna have a mm-hmm. white picket fence and a doggy and you got your, your man or your woman on the side. Look, I'm 36, I'm single. And, um, and uh, I can't wait to have a family and kids. I can't wait to have, have my wife, you know, I can't wait. I think I've thought about it since I was a kid, but when you do the things that's right for you, those things come with it, you know? And if you don't try and explore and fail, and and don't oh, succeed so scary to fail you know what though it'll teach you and you'll be like ah, that's dirt off the shoulder i'm not going to be a basketball player that's fine i'm gonna go try this now you know it's it's okay in fact the hardest thing for most people is just the fear of failure and and not being good at something you yeah know? and our in our mind our thought of time yeah you know? you know especially yeah especially like look 33 turning 36 on friday you know, like you have ideas of how you imagine your family and your marriage and your person to be right. Um, but there's no rules in life. Like just like this whole pandemic year that, that shook everything up. Right. Um, I was with a person recently for a year and a half and she lives across the ocean. I didn't plan on that. Wasn't planning on that one bit, but you know what? It was actually the healthiest relationship I had ever been in. And she was across the ocean. So you know, there are no rules, but there is one thing for sure without passion, without vulnerability. I talked a lot about passion, but without vulnerability, putting yourself out there, being open, which particularly the incredible existence of you for Mackenzie as a woman who's she's 33. She's got two boys already. She's like, am I ever going to meet another person? You know, and I have friends that are like this. So I wrote from that experience um, thinking, am I ever going to have someone that's going to like me for me, even though I got all this baggage? Of course. 
but you have to be open and you have to be brave. And it doesn't mean you have to be not afraid. Bravery is all about knowing you're afraid, but saddling up anyways, you know? So I thought, I think your answer is amazing. First of all, the fact that you quit your job and, and you made this happen. Second of all, that you know that you want to explore. And look, in my opinion, you're 33. You seem like an amazing person from the little I've gathered. I got nothing but faith in you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. How was that good, Drew? You're too that was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible, honestly. Uh, it, was, it blew my expectations. I'm sweating now. <laughs> now. Both of them, they were beautiful, powerful, vulnerable, and they were you. Above all, they were you. So, yeah. I think, honestly, to I'm like, put that part of the segment in front of your show because especially young men and women need to hear this stuff from pe- people that are in our age group, because when they're in college or like they get into the 27s, 28, they're like, okay, unless you're with your person already, you're like, okay, yeah. am I, am I doing everything I'm meant to be doing the rest of my life? Right. Yeah. It's terrifying. Um, but that's why I said my purpose is it goes beyond cinema and words. That's just a vessel. I'm trying to be the best version of me. I want to adventure and play and work with you and help other people. You know what I mean? So that's all about exploring and having an adventure. Yeah. There you go. Cheers to having an adventure. If I had cheers, cheers here right now. Here's my water. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. I wish I could talk to you forever. Can we do it again sometime? Yes, please. We can. How about we each, each ask each other a question, and because it can be more back and forth. Because I'm I'm really interested in. I mean, you've already told me a lot. That was beautiful. So I'd love to do that. Yeah. Okay. Deal. We'll do it. Cool. I'm like, I say we do, but I'm nervous about it. It makes me sweat. (laughs) Always do what you're afraid to do. That's true. Everything we (laughs) want, everything we want is on the other side of fear. And you'll never know unless you try. (laughs) Okay. okay. Can we take a quick picture? So I'm going to share that we had a chat on the Institute. Uh, yeah we'll good. do that we'll do that the end. oh yeah we have to do the wrap up okay i'm all excited now <laughs> you trying, like, trying to scoot me off already no i bet you i bet your listeners like this kid came in here and took the the, the running time to uh, an hour and ten <laughs> well we have good stuff to say yeah. okay all right guys we're gonna wrap it up and then drew and i we're gonna take some screenshots and we're gonna post <laughs> it on our instagram so follow <laughs> and like um thank you drew thank you thank you thank you so much for hanging out with me drew tell them where they could find all your awesomeness <laughs> that's a beautiful way to put it um the book the book the series and everything in between is on the incredible existence you.com you can see some promos for the book series um i'm off and on on insta the incredible existence view is the instagram handle my personal one is drew grit pretty much the same thing but those are the two places you can find me or good old Google, but the book's coming out this summer and I, I've been wrestling with getting the, the release date. I've changed it multiple times, but the, the first book, book one's coming out this summer. The film, we'll see, <laughs> manifest that. It's and book, yeah, of course. And the book two, um, I don't know, but I'm in the middle of writing it right now. So. All right. It's going to be good. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Drew, thank you. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for being you. Okay, guys, if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe, and share the pod. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye.